Today on the Profitable Trady Podcast. How could they be so stupid? We're talking about uh, your team and how when they make mistakes, uh, you basically shouldn't just rush in and fix all of them. There's another problem that we haven't fixed or that we've created. And that other problem is that what's going to happen next time there's a problem? It could be that there's rework on a job. It could be that they've made pricing mistakes and now you're wearing the consequences. It could be invoicing mistakes and now you're not collecting what you should have collected for the job. And the client's learnt that the one person who's going to fix it is you, the business owner. Whereas what you actually want to have is your team to fix the problems. That's the whole point of having them. Basically, you castrate your team. Mistakes are the bane of a business owner's life. It's so frustrating when your team don't get it right. Tune into this week's episode where we go through why it's a terrible idea to fix all your team's mistakes and what you should do instead. You're listening to the Profitable Trady Podcast, where we'll help you turn your business into a money-making machine. We know you're busy, so we'll make it worth your time. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, time is money and we're here to help you make more of both. So hit the follow button and let's get started. To the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Profitable Trading Podcast. Host Tony Fraser-Jones, co-host Phil Smith. How you going, Phil? Always good, mate. It's good. Always good. good to Take it along. Yeah. Yep. Box of fluffies. Box of fluffies. You know the drill. So team, tell us about what we're talking about today. Mate, In association with team. In association with team, we're talking about uh, your team and how when they make mistakes, uh, you basically shouldn't just rush in and fix all of them. It's a pretty, uh, pretty bad idea. Um, basically, it's going to drive you crazy as a business owner when mistakes happen, um, and they do happen, and uh, it can be pretty tough because, uh, firstly, you can take it personally, um, sort of, hey, why are the team making these mistakes? They should know better. They should have asked. They should have figured it out. Um, how could they be so stupid? You know, I mean, we've all we've all wrung our hands and uh, and felt some of these thoughts. You know, it could be that there's rework on a job. It could be that they've made pricing mistakes and now you're wearing the consequences. It could be invoicing mistakes and now you're not collecting what you should have collected for the job. You know, they could have forget to schedule a job and now you've got angry clients knocking on the door and, uh, you know, why is this not being done and not being done on time? There's a plethora of things that could go wrong. Nice word, plethora. Plethora is not a bad word. Is it word, plethora is it? or plethora? Well, I thought it was plethora, but maybe it is plethora. Anyway, uh, another one that really grinds your gears is uh, when people forget to order materials. Oof. Uh, don't get their stuff organised. You have people you know, rushing around trying to fix things up. That's a major pain in the butt. Mm. I think the thing with any of those mistakes uh, that happen in business is there is a tendency for us as business owners to rush in and fix those issues before we get blowback from our customers and things sort of go bad. Uh, we'll do anything to stop it, uh, you know, affecting the clients or, or stuff, uh, and and uh, we just don't, you know, just don't want that to happen. Uh, and when we do that, though, often what happens is the issues keep coming up. Yeah. And there's definitely a reason for that. And I think that's what we want to dig into today is actually how to, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Obviously, we don't want them. It's not ideal, but everyone's human. Mm. And uh, if you look in the mirror, I'm sure you've made a few mistakes yourself, if you're just a bit honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's how we can actually create an environment where, you know, mistakes can be used in a, in a positive way. Yeah, I think this is massive. So I'm sure you have a story to kick us off. I have a story, a real-life story about a client uh, who shall remain nameless. They'll probably know who they are if they're listening. Uh, and some of our members might know too, but anyhow, uh, this client uh, works in uh, sort of electrical and industrial area, do quite large projects for, for food processing companies and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, they did a job and the, um, the client... Uh, was was unhappy. One of the client managers was unhappy and complained to uh, the client and that uh, email went to the service manager. 
who sent an email back to the man to the to the client, which was let's say it was unhelpful. <laughs> uh, it wasn't really taking much ownership, and it was like taking a big can of petrol and throwing it on the flames. And uh, our client, member of our coaching program, was the, the owner of this business. He saw this exchange, and uh, how do you say the um, the red mist descended? Yeah. Yep, the red mist descended. He was yeah absolutely incensed with the you know with how the um, the service manager had gone through this process, and so he. Jumped on the phone, went and visited the client, patched it all over. Uh, you made everything good, put it right, and uh, you know, job's right. Hmm. Or is it? Or is it? And that's the question, uh, because in this situation, whilst it seems like we've fixed the problem, and in some ways we have, there's another problem that we haven't fixed or that we've created, and that other problem is that what's going to happen next time there's a problem. What's going to happen this next time that the service manager does a job and has a complaint or doesn't mm. understand do a job or misses something? They've actually learnt nothing. Uh, and the client's learnt that the one person who's going to fix it is you, the business owner. Whereas what you actually want to have is your team to fix the problems. That's the whole point of having them. So mm. you can create a business that gives you time, money and freedom. Yep. And so there's a massive lost opportunity here. And I guess the, the question is, was this great leadership? Well, that's a, that's a debate, isn't it? And, and I think it, it possibly isn't. When we say it possibly isn't, guys, it's a euphemism for uh, it's not the way we would have done it. Correct. All right? And, yeah, I think the big thing is you cut your legs out from under your, your own staff as well, obviously, in this case. You, you rob them of the opportunity to better themselves. And uh, like you said, you teach the client one thing. You actually teach that same thing to your staff as well as that, you know, yeah, and so and I'll be here with my Superman cape on. That's right. And, and perhaps uh, a way that would have been better for the long term here is to actually – go to the service manager, explain the situation and say, hey, this is what's happened. Uh, this is what I've seen. How would you go about fixing this? Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, coach the service manager through the process of how to actually put it right. Yeah. And then the service manager would contact the client, you know, eat some humble pie, go and visit them, put it right. Maybe the, the GM would go as well to help and support, but they'd take a back step. So that yeah. next time there's an issue, service manager understands what it is, takes the learning, can actually do the job yeah. you know, to, the, to the standard next time. Yeah, it's massive. And I think if we're always running around fixing the mistakes our team makes, um, you know, we can run into some pretty big downsides. Well, I think the key one, and we've alluded to it, is that uh, basically you castrate your team. <laughs> you take away their, their energy and, and their ability to learn uh, and mistakes keep happening. Yeah, mistakes are the, the – that's how we learn. And if yep. you think as a business owner – We've probably made more mistakes than most people. That's why we're in business, because we've learned a bunch more. So the, the same issues keep popping up if they don't have to figure out how to solve them. Mm. And the problem is, this is where it gets tricky, is as your team grows and you've got more team members, you've just got exponentially more issues to fix. If you've got two people, well, you've got some issues. If you've got four, double the issues that you're now attending to. Mm. which means you have no time left for your job. Your job is just running around fixing everyone's mistakes, which can happen and does happen. Yeah. And as that sort of go, that process goes on for weeks or months or even years at a time, what you do is you create a culture of dependency. And, and so what, what a culture of dependency is is where your team know that you'll fix all the problems, the clients know you fix all your problems, and you got all the problems. Yeah. Uh, and it's really an environment where there's low trust, that's the problem, right? You're not trusting your team to do the job. Mm. Uh, and 
I know we talk about parenting and oh uh, man, this is massive. Yeah, yeah. This so, is actually just completely parenting all over. Is that culture of dependency? It's so easy to do with your kids. Uh, everyone's heard the story of um, of my son and teaching him to wipe his bum. Yeah, that's I right. Actually, I actually have a new addition to this yeah. story now. Um, so I've since since taught um, at least one more child to wipe their bum. Um, but I, I have a new one. Uh, so uh, my uh, my youngest, um, his name's Franco. He's he's about one, and um, he actually had this this thing happening where he would wake up at about five a.m. and start screaming. And um, you know, if we went in to, to see if he was all right, the minute you pick him up, he'd he'd crap his pants. It was like he was waiting for you. He had a cat say. Yeah, and so you'd pick him up, and, and the minute you did, he'd crap his pants. Now, he wouldn't do it unless you picked him up, but the minute you pick him up, he'd crap his pants. It was like clockwork. And then what I'd have to do is you'd have to change his nappy, and then when you change his nappy, it's now sort of 5.30 by the time all this is going on. Don't ask how long it took to change that nappy. But anyway, it's 5.30, and then you're trying to put him back to sleep, and I'm thinking, well, I mean, I'll be up by 6.30 anyway, and this whole thing turns into staying awake. Whereas um, the minute I just stopped picking him up and stopped going and seeing if he's all right and just saying – you know, know what, he'll put himself back to sleep. He put himself back to sleep. And now he sleeps through the night. And when I get him up at 6.30, uh, he's absolutely fine. And then I pick him up and he craps his pants. <laughs> I was going to say, you thought you woke up at 6.30 and there was crap but everywhere. No, no, but he just, it's like, like it's, I think that's the big thing is, is like you'll, you'll coach in a behaviour um, based on what you do. And so in this case, I go, I'm obviously reinforcing to him, you know, the minute I pick you up, that happens because then you get changed. And basically that would, uh, that would put an end to our sleep. And so as a result, basically you, you do something different, you handle it a different way and you coach in a different result. And, and that's what you have to do. You can't just keep solving the problem that you're creating. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You teach your team not to take any initiative, not to take responsibility because you'll fix it. Yeah, uh, and so that's a big problem. And and then if you are in that culture of dependency, and it all revolves around you, you won't want to grow your team. And this is a big problem. We hear a lot of people who uh, who we talk to, uh, and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't really want to grow a big business because you know the more people have, it's more hassle." Well, that's because they don't create a culture of accountability and learning. It's because they got to pick up all the pieces, all the problems. Yeah. Uh, and so you won't want to grow, which means you're not going to get the business that you know that's going to give you time, money, and freedom because it does need to have a certain size to do that. You have a, need enough people that can do the jobs that you don't want to do so you can get away and chill out with some yeah. money. So that's important. And if you are constantly fixing mistakes, then your stress levels are through the roof. Yep. Uh, because it's it's firefighting, it's, it's solving issues and frustrated clients, all that sort of stuff. That leads to a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, uh, and overwhelm and burnout. And it's doubly frustrating because when you hire a team, they're supposed to make your life easier, not harder. Yep. And yet here we are. Here we are. And right. unfortunately, a lot of it's self-created. That's the problem. That's what we really want to dig into. Yeah. And so on the other hand, like if we do have some good uh, you know, strategies or tactics for how we can um, yeah, foster a learning environment yep. rather than just running around with a Superman yeah, let, cape. Let people make mistakes. I think yeah. Big you wins do, on the horizon. Yeah, you do. You train resourcefulness and initiative. That's the key thing. So it's, yeah, try it out. See how it goes. I'm not going to kick your ass. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to actually build you up for having a go. You create a culture of competence and trust, and trust is really important. If people don't feel like they can try stuff, there's, there's not trust there. Yeah. Because if they won't try stuff, it's because they fear making a mistake and, and the wrath of God coming down on them. Yeah. Uh, and And... If you have a good team as a result of building that culture of trust and competence, you're going to feel confident to grow because you're like, hey, this is actually working. This is taking some load off. Your stress levels go down. Uh, 
and you can create rest, recreation, vacation time for yourself and your family because you've got a good team. You do need that. There's no point having to shut your business just to get a break. Yeah. I mean, that, that's fine for the break, but it stuffs your cash flow. Yeah. You want to have the business running. It's profitable. You're not there. It's making sales, doing jobs. Uh, and in that way, your team are really the freedom, the key to freedom uh, in your business. Yeah. Massive. And so obviously we can have a, a lot of big wins here, and I'm sure everybody is uh, dying to know how. So let's get into the how. Well, first thing is I need to have some green tea. Oh, of course you do. Tony's a big uh, green tea drinker. What you might not know when you're listening to the podcast is he's slugging that thing back almost the whole time. It's good for the uh, you know the vocal cords. You're going to turn green one day, you know. You're green with envy, I know. Oh. Anyway, um, avoiding mistakes obviously seems like the obvious thing to do. So if there's an issue and there's a mistake out on a job, uh, something goes wrong, it seems like the obvious thing to just jump in your truck or your ute or whatever and go and fix it. Yeah, and I mean, I think the hard part with this is that as tradies, this is what we're wired to do, right? I mean, this is what we're all about. We fix things. We're problem solvers. You're a problem solver. I mean, you've come up your whole bloody career thinking what I do is I find a problem, I fix it. Um, You know, that's that's just the entire job. Um, But the hard part with this is that you're fixing the wrong problem, Mm. you know? Um, It's not just you anymore. It's you and your team. And every time you fix a problem for them, you're actually creating a whole other problem by uh, creating that learned helplessness. You're cutting the, the legs out from under them and essentially crippling them moving forward. It's uh, the team performance that needs fixing. It's not the mistake in front of you. So when you focus on the right problem to solve. Yeah, uh, and I understand that that problem that you have on a job, it's very immediate and it's very urgent and we are sort of wired to take care of that urgent issue. And I get that, and and to try and pacify things over and keep the emotions out of things, and that that's a really real challenge. But we do, as a business owner and a leader, this is about leadership. Really, we've got to try and take the longer term perspective as well as well, what are the implications if I keep jumping in, and what are the implications if I cut people's legs off, and what are the implications if I just don't even teach them how to fix the problem? I just do it myself. There's some major ones. Yeah. Uh, and what it really leads to is what we call learned helplessness. And so this is the key thing. You know, if you fix everything for your employees they're going to actually feel like their efforts are a bit futile, like that they feel like they don't have responsibility for the result and they don't have accountability for the result. And so almost uh, subconsciously they start to think that they're not up to the job. That, you know, they, they're just like, well, I'm, I'm not quite there. If someone's there, they've got my back. It doesn't matter if I kind of get it wrong or it doesn't matter if I don't try because someone will, will pick up the pieces. And so the end result of that is less initiative, uh, less creativity and less problem solving. Yeah, because yeah. people will just say, "Oh, what do I do in this situation?" Not here's what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah, and so they they lose their independence. And yeah. if you think about, we've talked about kids. You know, kids who are who are pampered and spoiled, kids who have no uh, struggle uh, in their life, they they find this difficult because they've never had to test themselves. It's all easy. And when the hard times come, which they do for everyone, you know, once you get out of the nest. That's where they trip up. That's where they have a lot of issues, mental health issues, all that sort of stuff, because they've never actually built those muscles of actually testing stuff out and trying things out. Same happens in our business. You, you, they become helpless, and you've taught them, so it's it's learned helplessness. Yeah, it's tough because you know humans are learning creatures. It's, yep. uh, we actually learn constantly. Um, you know, it's funny we get older and we say, "I don't, don't really learn anymore. I'm closed-minded." But you know, we're actually learning all the time. Uh, and so the hard part is that they learn one of two things: they either go through a struggle and learn from it, which is actually how all learning happens, or they go through a struggle 
and then you jump in with your need for control uh, and with that need for control you fix the problem um, they still learn uh, they just don't learn how to solve the problem instead they learn that you solve the problem so that's kind of the problem in the first place but it's that control that's, uh, that's making you do it and the hard part is that there's a massive inverse relationship between control and growth so if you want to grow your business it's going to get to a point where there are just a lot of plates spinning in the air. Once upon a time, it's just you, uh, you're spinning one plate. Then you know your business becomes more complex, it grows, you're spinning a couple more plates. It'll get to a point where the growth of your business means too many plates are spinning, and the only way you can keep them all spinning is if you've got other people spinning them too. And at that point, you can't touch those plates anymore. Um, and so you've got two choices, really. You let them fall to the floor, and the growth stops, or you give up control of that plate spinning. And so if you want the growth, you can't keep the control. It's really that simple. Now, this is not to say you don't have oversight or people don't report back to you and you can't know what's going on. It just means you can't have your finger in every pie. It's just not possible anymore. And you're going to have to relinquish some of that control and let people learn and develop and, and take initiative and be creative and, and you know fend for themselves a little bit. It's, yeah. it's really the only way. And I think the, the point there is that you don't let the inmates run loose in the asylum. You know, once you get a a bunch of people in your business there, there are definitely controls in place but you cannot control everything and I mean when we first started working here there's like three or four of us five of us in the business mm. uh, now there's like I don't know 35, 40 yeah. and um, people join the business I don't even well you and I haven't met them <laughs> we're like we see their name come up I'm like oh that's awesome there's a new member new team member but what are they actually what, what department is, are they in? Is that how it goes man? It goes a little bit more like Tony comes in and says who the hell is Connor? <laughs> I've got a request. To shout out to Connor, yeah, by the way. Shout He's out to legend. Connor. You're an absolute legend, mate. But uh, it's funny when you when you started, we uh we hadn't been told yet. Lyndon had hired Connor, yeah. and um and we're in a meeting, and a request comes through to allow Connor access to all our Dropbox files. And Tony goes, "Who the hell is Connor?" And I'm like, "I don't know, man. I think he might be a new salesperson or something." But anyway, Connor was a team member. But the point is, is the control of the hiring of Connor was not something that either me or you had anything to do with, right? It's it's something that, you know, has been relinquished down to his direct manager. And um and that's awesome. Yeah, but and but the thing here is and this is getting off topic a bit, but it is important is mm. that manager then reports to the management team and has the stats and the results there. So we know things are actually on track. Yeah. And uh, but to bring back to yeah. uh to our main topic Why not? here. Let's just do uh, just to circle back is that in this case, the person who had hired Connor was Lyndon. And uh, I would say Lyndon is pretty damn good at hiring. He has brought on some awesome team members. So shout out to everybody in, uh, in Lyndon's team. You guys are, you guys are all great. Um, it hasn't always been that way. He's, you know, he's made mistakes along this way with, it, with learning the hiring process and getting better and better at it. But the thing is, is like if we'd gone in and fixed those mistakes for him every time, um, he wouldn't be as good at hiring as he is today. And instead, we got Lyndon smashing the hiring, hiring great guys like Connor, and um, you know we don't even need to know about it. But that's only because we let him stuff it up a few times too, right? And that's exactly right. And I think that's the thing. Uh, some mistakes are good. In fact, they're necessary. Mm. They are necessary. Uh, how else do we learn? Uh, obviously, we can learn stuff. You know, you can learn about the trade by going through tech or TAFE or you know local politics or whatever it is. You'll learn stuff there, but. Yeah, this is hands-on stuff. So you have to learn it in the field as well. Uh, and so uh, my my thing is, you know, if, if the if the team are making some mistakes, it means they're actually trying stuff. Yep. If they're not making any mistakes, 
they're playing safe. They're playing not to lose. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want people like that on my team. I want a culture of winners mm. uh, because, you know, letting people make mistakes actually helps build initiative and confidence. And when they make a mistake, uh, you know, don't chew them out. The thing is like, hey, man, I really appreciate you having a go at that. That was awesome. I, that initiative was amazing. That's exactly what I want to see. And then you can talk about, okay, so next time we do this, let's do it this way and you'll, you'll find that it works better. Yeah. Okay? So I think that's, um, that's massive. And, and you, you, sh- you reshift mistakes into learning opportunities. Mm. So it's, uh, it's feedback. It's no failure. It's just feedback. Obviously, you don't want to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. That's sort of a different yeah, yeah. topic. But the, the need to just go in and fix every mistake, treat it as a learning opportunity so that they know how to do it next time. And here's my thing. As a boss, uh, you know, as a CEO, I actually want to feel a little uncomfortable about what my team are doing. Yeah, it's huge. I want them to make me just a little bit uncomfortable about a few of the decisions they make and, and things that happen because that tells me that they're trying stuff. Yeah. If I'm never uncomfortable, it means they're basically just kind of trying to be carbon copies of what I would do, which is not what I want. Pointless. This is a waste of time. That's not a business. That's just kind of some weird yeah. know, commune thing. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think to make it clear as well, guys, when we're saying you let them make a mistake, that doesn't mean it, the mistake doesn't get fixed. It just means you don't fix it. You teach them how to fix it themselves. I think that's really the, the big thing here. But the important part for me with this is, is really the next point, which is uh, you know having the appropriate skills or experience for the job uh, so that you can be allowed the freedom to make mistakes. Because... You know, there are definitely some situations where you've thrown somebody too far into the deep end and actually they're not just going to make mistakes, but they actually could be putting themselves or others at risk. Um, it might not be safe to give somebody, um, I don't know, a, a bloody saber saw if they've never used one before. Uh, they could cut their fingers off, yep. you know what I mean? Um, it's almost like if you had a four-year-old, can a four-year-old physically cross the road? Yeah, of course. I mean, they can walk at that point, let's hope. Uh, by the way, if your four-year-old can't walk, then that's, that's not yep. that's okay, but but they probably should be able to. Uh, so in this case, your four-year-old can walk across the road, that's fine. But would you let them do it alone? Absolutely not. Like that's, That would be dangerous. It would be reckless. And so I think the big thing is you have to have the right person for the job. As long as they have the appropriate skills and they've been appropriately trained, then at that point, if they make a mistake, they can also be trained to fix their own mistake. And you can let them make the mistake safely. Uh, on the other hand, if that person is not appropriately trained or they don't have their appropriate skills, you can't just leave them to make mistakes because it could end up being dangerous. Um, and honestly, it's not going to be a learning experience because they didn't know what the hell they were doing anyway. Yeah, so the key thing is allow people to make mistakes, which is great because that's a learning opportunity. Uh, don't chew them out. Teach them how to put it right. Uh, and there's some things you can wrap around all of this which will help team performance mm. uh, around mistakes and help people learn quicker because if they don't have a, don't have to make a mistake, that's great, but we do want them to learn the stuff. And so you know, having great systems in your business really helps. And what do I mean by that? Well, that's processes and systems. So you know, that's anything from instructional videos. You, know, you can take videos of how to actually do jobs and chunk them up into bits, put them in a library. You can get screen recordings for all your, your office-based stuff, pricing, invoicing, accounting type stuff. You can get looms and stuff recorded, magic training. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can just go and look at that. You can have checklists, you know, for on-site checklists. Quality assurance processes are, are amazing. Mm. You know, all the steps that need to happen to make sure that the job's done right mm. uh, and they tick them off so stuff doesn't get missed. It's very easy for stuff to get missed, you know. People forget to flush the toilet twice and uh, the client rings up, the toilet's not working. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to test it. 
Yeah. You know, just stupid stuff like that, which can be missed. Yeah. Daily task lists are great, you know, for, for your office-based team particularly, like all the stuff they need to do in a day. Yeah. Uh, that, that can help with this process. Yeah, 100%. Easy to keep track of what yep. they should be doing. I suppose the next thing after that is make sure you actually train them on this stuff. Creating a system is great, but the system's only as good as the person using it, and they need to know how to use it. So I think the first thing is make sure you do actually spend some time training your team on how to do their jobs and how to do the tasks within it. Have you know a system for your training. So then that way it actually happens, and it happens on schedule for the right people at the right times regularly enough. Um, and make sure that you're basically just you know taking everybody to that next level of, of knowing what they should be doing. Because at that point, if they make a mistake, it's probably not something outside of the bounds of of what they actually understood. It's probably more that they forgot something and the mistake is probably not dire. It's probably like a small thing that they could have tweaked, um, which just A, brings the safety in, but B, also helps them to learn to recorrect because it's not completely foreign in the first place. They have been trained. Yeah, and you want to encourage your team to try stuff, to be prepared to make a mistake. And sometimes they're going to need help and support You know, when they're out on a job or pricing work or whatever it is. They may need someone to check in with, and, and that's cool if they check in with you. Uh, but if you've got a team, it's a great opportunity to up-level other people in your team as well. So you have mentors or buddies. You know, If you've got an experienced tradesperson, they're the first point of call when perhaps an apprentice or a junior tradesperson is doing a job that they're not completely familiar with. Or maybe you use a buddy system to actually help each other out. So they've got somewhere to call, somewhere to help, somewhere to bounce, bounce some ideas off. Yeah, that's massive. And I think at that point, when they're bouncing these ideas or they have questions whether it's with you, whether it's with a buddy, anybody at all. Uh, there's a system we've spoken about before, this is um, which I think is just absolute gold. It's called the 131. So essentially uh, the first one stands for I have one problem. Uh, the three stands for here's three potential uh, courses of action. And then the, the last one is here's my one recommendation. So for example, my one problem um, is I have an angry client calling back and uh, they're unhappy with the work that we did. Uh, my three potential uh, courses of action. Number one is I uh, could berate him back and call him a dickhead. Uh, number two is that I could apologise um, and you know, offer that we could go and have a look at the problem and fix any issues. And uh, number three is that I could say, hey, look, uh, you know, we're going to not just apologise and come out and fix it, but we're also going to do the next job for free as well. So those are my three. Now I say, and my one recommendation is that I do option number two. I apologise and offer to come fix the issue. Uh at that point, the person I'm bouncing the idea off says, yeah, cool, I think your recommendation's good. You should do that. Uh, and the real key with this, the beauty is that if they come with one problem, three potential solutions, one recommendation, then at that point it makes them do the thinking involved, the problem solving, to actually solve their problem in the first place and fix their mistake. At that point, really all they're asking is, am I on the right track with the initiative I've taken? And it gives you the opportunity to say yes or no before they go and take that uh, remedial action. And so at that point, if they're completely off track, well, then you can coach them on what to do. Um, but most of the time, their recommendations bang on. That's exactly what they should do. And then you can just congratulate them on taking initiative and doing the thinking and, and they can get on and fix their problems. Yeah. So it's pretty good. It is. That's a killer strategy, one, three, one. And the, the thing here is that we've been talking about you know, fixing mistakes. If you constantly jump in and fix all the mistakes, all these other things we've talked about won't really come into play because they'll just be helpless and call you. Yeah, And so if you actually push the responsibility back to them, allow them to make mistakes, create an environment of, uh, of, uh, you know, of being uh, creative and problem solving and, and taking initiative, then the great systems and the buddy system and the one through one and all the training stuff, that'll just multiply the effectiveness of your team and take a lot of the stress and hassle of running your team 
out of your hands because they'll actually use the system and take responsibility for themselves, which is cool. Yeah, it's massive. All right, well, uh, I think we've uh, had some good points here, so let's land this plane. All righty, so when you've got a team, it's critical when they make mistakes not to jump in and for you to just fix them every time. Otherwise, what will happen, you'll create a culture of learned helplessness and it's going to create a massive amount of stress and frustration for you as a business owner. Thanks, Eats, for listening. We'll catch you all again. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Trady Podcast. A massive challenge for business owners is a lack of time. And a lack of time not only to get all the work done to keep the business running, but also a lack of time to spend actually working on the business to improve it. Tune into next week's podcast where we bust open the I don't have time myth and show you how to get ahead not only of your current workload, but also to make time to work on improving your business. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trady, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group, and we'll see you in the next episode of The Profitable Trady Podcast.